The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, boys and girls. Once again, my name is Nubias Woolborn. The name on the marquee is Beer. It is all one word. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook on the CSPN Network. Shout out to Classic Shout out to Melanie. Thank you for allowing me to do this each and every week. And I am here in Woodstock, Georgia, in a beautiful terrain. It's a little bit of, feel almost like a little bit of mountainy. This nicer area. And I hear there's good water. Water makes good beer. And I am here at Reformation Brewery with none other than Nick Downs. How are you, man? I'm doing good. 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 Good, man. So let's get right into it, man. This brewery, what made you decide to do this? And how did you notice what you wanted to do? Well, uh, <clears throat> way back when, I, uh, when I'm not here, I'm a pilot. And uh, I used to fly a lot to, to uh, Western Europe, Belgium, Germany. And I'd always bring beers back. And Spencer and I would sit around and have a few beers from Belgium and solve the world's problems. And then I changed airplanes and I started going to places that uh, had no decent beer at all, mm. uh, like zero. Uh, so we thought, well, what are we going to do? The world still has problems. We need to solve them. So we started making our own beer. We, uh, we started with a Munich Dunkel. was uh, our, first, our first batch. And, uh, you know, two guys, 10 gallons of beer. It was a, a problem. So we, we, <laughs> was it a problem? <laughs> yeah, it well, sounds like a problem a lot of yeah. people like to have. All right, it was a potential problem. Fair enough. So we decided to invite a few guys over. Just don't uh, fly a plane. That's right. No. no. Um, so, so we had four guys come over. Uh, one of them brought his wife. It happened to be the, the third Friday of, uh, of whatever month it was. And we went ahead and called it brew night. And we said, let's do this again next month. We brewed. We drank the beer from the previous month. And month after month, over the course of three years, we would have... Uh, in excess of 100 people showing up at my house. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah, it was uh, quite the party. That's kind of um, similar to the Monday Night Guys story. Yeah, it was yeah. very similar to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it turned out to be uh, a great community. We really enjoyed the, the new friends we made. And, you know, people brought kids and pets and instruments and food. And it was, uh, it was, it was fun. Right. So we thought, you know what? We got a, we got a group of folks that uh, have encouraged us to start a, a brewery, and let's go ahead and do it. So we did. We launched Reformation Brewery a little over three years ago. And... Uh, Remember, that was really the, the genesis of it all. And right now, I am sampling the stout. Tell me about the Declaration. All right, so Declaration is a bit unique. It was the first beer that was not an old homebrew recipe. Um, Paul Hamill, um, the, Paul and I did most of the brewing for the first two years before we hired a, a third guy, uh, Kent, and uh, Paul's from Ireland. So we thought, we got an Irish guy here, we need a halfway decent stout. Fair enough. So uh, Declaration was uh, what it is. Russian Imperial Stout, and uh, I guess we've been brewing it for maybe 18, 24 months or so. Nice. And then um, how often does this come out? I know it's on your limited release section, so how often do you guys have Well, this? it's a it's a liberated series. Liberated series, excuse me. Right. And so right now... Is that, that right? That's, yeah. that's, Branding's that's, important. That's all, yeah. That's all year long. Um, it's, uh, it was, it's not packaged any other way but in uh, draft and in 22-ounce bottles. Gotcha. So you get in the Bombers. In fact, uh, Robot Sprayberry Bottle Shop saw it in the Bombers there. Yeah. Reasonably priced. And yeah, this is a fun beer. It has the mouthfeel of a stout. Sometimes some stouts are a little thin. Yeah. It has the mouthfeel, has the nose. I really like this one. So, yeah, I think you guys really hit it on this. Oh, good. Thanks. So, going from there, piloting. How does piloting translate to brewing? Ah, you know, and it, it does. Um, aviation is a, a pretty precise environment. You know, we have mm. a lot of things we do all the time the same way because it's safer that way. Right. Um, yeah, I'm going to guess up that high in the air, right? Yeah. So 
but there's also when you're hand flying, there's there's it's a lot of seat of the pants. It's kind of intuitive, uh, and they've done studies where they looked at the brains of guys flying airplanes, and they use both sides, both the analytical side and the artistic side. So there there is a. There are some similarities between aviation and brewing beer because you got to be pretty precise when you're brewing, and there's there's a bit of an artistic side to it too. So you know, somebody that can't sing or play an instrument, it was a pretty good outlet for me to to exercise a little creativity while still you know being somewhat precise. And I, I tend to like both things. Sounds good. And then from there, right? So get back to the brews. You guys having these brew days at the house? Yeah, hundred people coming in. Got instruments, kids, dogs. Everything, right? You can name it, right? Yeah. The whole nine, just everybody kicking it, showing love. At what point did you decide, you know what, man, we can make a little bit of money doing this thing, right? Well, you know, money was not the motivator, although we like to eat um, on a regular basis. Yeah, and, pay some bills. Yeah, man. yeah. So, uh, so it certainly figured in the plan. But it was probably uh, in the second year where we, we thought there's something going on here. that We, we did a lot of repeats on, on certain beers that seemed to be uh, crowd favorites. And, and, you know, as the following <coughs> increased in... We started having people come up from noon in, and every now and then people would bring a tent when the weather was good, and they just oh, decided wow. to camp out rather than. Uh, and I kind of live in the boonies, and I got enough land where it really wasn't upsetting my neighbors. And so wait a minute, so yeah, people like camping out after. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, I guess if you drink enough beer, you, you might want to. Yeah, we usually have. Uh, uh, let's see, four, five, seven beers on tap. Seven different beers would be on wow, tap. at the house. At the house, jeez. Yeah, so I would brew at least four times a month just to supply the beer for that. And we put a bucket out, and, you know, people kicked in, and it really never cost me a whole lot out of pocket except for some of the equipment. And I, but I guess, obviously, you really can't do that anymore now because no. you're so busy with the yeah, production brewery. But I'm assuming a lot of those people, they come up here and check you guys out? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, some of the regulars. And every now and then somebody would come in and say, hey, you know, I was at your house back and you know, whatever year it was, and it's kind of fun to see them again. And that will feel pretty good, man. And speaking of feeling good, guys, if you want to feel good, tune in each and every week to Beer It Is on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn. Here at Reformation Brewer, man, Nick Downs, he and Spencer Nix run this place and do a really fantastic job of providing a beer experience to the people. So let's get into the name of the brewery. How did that come about? And how did you guys decide on it? <laughs> um, Spencer and I have, uh, in our discussions in world-solving problems, have always uh, had uh, an affinity for Reformed theology and history mm-hmm. and kind of big fans of Martin Luther and the Protestant Reformation. And we started looking around, having come up through uh, Baptist churches where, you know, most everything was forbidden. Oh, yeah. Um, we, <laughs> I grew up Baptist, too, so I, <laughs> I understand, my brother. So we decided, you know, why don't we call it Reformation Brewery and we'll try to reform some of the, some of the culture around here. Nice. You know, not, not totally forbidden, but not in excess either. Let's find a good middle ground. And that's, uh, you know, some of our core values revolve around moderation. And so that's... That's where the name comes from. And, and Martin Luther's wife was a brewer. She was, was indeed, yeah. I like, didn't see many female brewers back then or even now, but yeah. especially back then. So, I mean, that had to really help out a lot as far as come with the name and how. It did, yeah. It fit historically. It fit, you know, us his- theologically. And uh, and Martin Luther sat around with, with the guys and had a few beers and, and discussed stuff with them. So, I mean, it's, it's really the perfect beverage to sit around and, and talk to somebody, and, well, and, somebody. And, and here's this guy right i mean brilliant i mean like we're still quoting him yeah hundreds of years after yeah. he died almost, I mean, almost it'll be 500 years next october wow so are you guys gonna brew a special beer for you yeah, just might because i mean like you said that with some confidence <laughs> yeah in october yeah hmm so you have to be looking out for something i will be and that's why you guys have to listen to beer it is i keep you guys updated yeah all those kind of things i mean you said that with a twinkle in the eye <laughs> I, I, I caught that man so 
Look out. There may be something. There may not. But No, there will be. There will be. Yeah. You just can't say what I'm, not, I'm just not going to commit to what right now. And by the way, where will people be able to find out about your stuff? Uh, our Facebook page is uh, probably the primary spot. But we also do uh, Twitter and uh, we have a regular web page, too, that mm-hmm. has all that stuff. Hey, hey, give us your Twitter handle. Twitter handle. It's, it's at Reformation Brewing. At Reformation yeah. Brewing. Reformation <laughs> Brewing, all one word, yeah, on the Twitter handle. That's where you can find you. And so people check you out there. You guys are on Instagram. I mean, they're all over the place. Yeah, well, all those social media outlets. I'm, you know what? I, obviously, I brew the beer, and I don't really know a whole lot about it. I'm that. sorry, guys. It's Reformation Brew. Brew. Some so that's where you can find it. We'll get back to that. We'll make sure we have that out a little bit later. Yeah. So you guys get the official site with all the official words from the lovely social media, social media administrator that they have here. So yeah, Jess Miller does yeah, a great job. She gets it out. She lets people know what's going on and makes people aware of the brand. But back to this brand. Now we're sipping on the Jude. This interesting beer because it had a different name. So tell me about the name change and tell me about the can here. Well, the name change, uh, it was a name we wanted to be able to own. And as we looked to the future and growth, we went through some of our beers and thought, are any of these beers that, that maybe we couldn't own? Mm. Jude, we can. Jude is, uh, and it also has a, a bit of a backstory with the name. And uh, so I was thinking Beatles, but it's no, not that, right? It's, it's well, not Hey Jude, right? It's not Hey Jude, no. It's uh, and it's not named after anyone specific, but uh, but there are some Judes that that we know and love, and uh, the name seemed to fit in the history of uh, those folks. Yeah, I never, th- I don't think I've ever had a beer named Jude. No, <laughs> that's why we can own it. It's almost like a boy named Sue, right? Yeah, that's right. A beer so, named Jude. Beer named Jude, boy named Sue. I mean, that's the thing about this brewery here, Reformation. These guys love beer, and they have this motto, set beer free. Yeah. What does that mean to you, man? Well, set free from the extremes. The extremes of, uh, no, it's totally forbidden, and the extremes of, of you know, drink as much as you can. In, yeah. yeah, and the extremes of, of uh, you know, just yellow beer with no flavor and a little fizz to... You know some of the over-the-top stuff. We, you know, we we tend to be kind of down the middle as far as beer styles go. Right. With continental European beers as a focus, that uh, you know, not not super anything. Yeah, it is, it's interesting because um, I was talking to Eric over at Wild Heaven, and he was yeah. telling me a story when he ran Trapeze, the um, beer bar up in Athens before we had the divest of and everything. And so they had a night where Saint Bernardus had a Christmas ale. Yeah, and of course this is before like. You could really get it here. And the actual head brewer from St. Bernard's was at the place. Nice. And so he's sitting there, and people are just pounding him. And he was so disappointed. Because he's like, well, yes, I appreciate them buying the beer. But this is a beer we specially make. Yeah. We make it for, like, celebration. You're supposed to have one. You're supposed to talk about things yeah. as you drink it. And, like, take in the beer and enjoy it. That's just supposed exactly. to just hammer it. And it seems like you guys have that same attitude. Yeah. And we try to have beers you can have more than one of. Obviously, declaration at 9.7 ABV. Right. You know, three or four and driving home probably is not a good idea. Yeah, probably but, not. But, you know, it's that's why it's in a, a 22. We call it a common so you can share it with somebody and enjoy mm, it. I like that. Create some conversation and create some moments. And so your tasting room. Tell me about the name of your tasting room. Kind of, like, interesting. Uh, okay, it's called the keeping room. And traditionally in the south, there was a room off the kitchen that was the keeping room. And people would gather there for conversation and and before the formal dinner. Because, you know, as you know, once you sit down at a table, you're kind of restricted to who's Sweet. across from you. And, and so it was a place for conversation and community. And we've tried to, to do that here. And, and it's also a bit of a throwback to what we did in my basement. You know, people were able to hang around and talk. And so it, it pulls, you know, both of those ideas in. And so from there, um, one of the beers I see on there on the Adventure Series, I'm going to have to try that next, will be the Wilder Blackberry Strong Ale. That fascinates me one i'm a big strong ale fan yeah and i don't think enough breweries do those but the other thing is with the blackberries so where'd you get the blackberries and how'd you come up on that um 
uh, Wilder is uh, the brainchild of uh, Kent Yako, um, our one of our brewers, and uh, he, we brewed the uh, the Belgian strong ale, and he decided he wanted to uh, to liven it up a little bit. So uh, we sourced some uh, all natural blackberry concentrate, nice. and then uh, you know we we had a, an afternoon that we we tasted, which uh, is tough work, but uh, oh yes, yeah. so that's the hard part, right? <laughs> but I mean, like, well, speaking of tasty beers, like, have you ever had a beer? That that you came up with, like, you know what, this didn't work. You thought it would work, and it didn't, and then you have one that you thought wouldn't work but did. Well, certainly there's been more than one that I thought would work and didn't. Ooh, um, I like the color on this. Yeah, but yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. I'll let you, um, I'll let you finish your story, and then we'll get back to this. Uh, yeah, there, there's a, a few beers that, you know, over the years you think, oh, this is going to be awesome. And, you know, it's not that awesome. It's this kind of beer, you know. Right. Put in a white can with black letters, beer. Beer. Um, so a cream ale. We did a cream ale once that was uh, okay. just plain beer. Right. Know, not very exciting. Um, and Atlas actually was uh, an IPA that I thought, you know, it's just an IPA. And it turned out to be a, kind of a fan favorite at Brew Nights um, mm. back in the basement days and uh, has continued to be. It's kind of moderately hopped. We would like to say it's hopped responsibly. Responsibly um, hopped. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that, that was a, a bit of a surprise. Is that... Is that your number one seller? The um... you know it goes back and forth with Cadence and Atlas are, are both. Uh, I think statistically, if you were to look back far enough, they're they're almost a dead dead heat. So those are your those are your core. Those are two of your cores, right? And those like I guess to keep the lights on. So and we're looking at your core beers right now. So we have Cadence that's your Belgian style, six point nine percent. We have the Atlas that you just talked about, six point eight percent. You have your Jude, the Stark Toast Porter, yeah, which. I'm really fond of this beer. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The Union, which is a Belgian-style white ale. Let's talk about this beer a little bit. I see coriander, I see lemon, I see orange peel. And there's a word there, humility. Yeah, so that's another one of our, our core values. And, uh, you know, that's not a beer that is going to hit you in the face. It's a, a beer that is really approachable. You can you can drink three or four. And, you know, it's just a good, humble beer. Mm, mm. And so tell me about these words, because each beer has a certain word. I see... The Jude and Declaration both have moderation, and it yeah. just so happened to be over nine percent. Right? Is that, is that kind of a? That's not coincidental. <laughs> it's deliberate. Yeah. So you know, hey guys, don't drink it too fast. Yeah. Take time, right? Part of enjoying it is uh, being around to enjoy it another time, and mm. so moderation is a good thing when when it's a big beer. So this fascinates me when you mention moderation, because I mean, a lot of times the brewers are like, "Hey man, you brew it, you drink it, you do whatever you want to with it." Yeah. But you seem to really be serious about. Is that is that like the ethnic Christian background that comes in there? That yeah, just, you know, I'm, I'm sure that uh, that helps develop our worldview certainly. And you know, moderation is a thing that we don't just do with alcohol, but it's you know with any life, right? Yeah. yeah, can't eat too much fried chicken. No, yeah, I mean it's, I love fried chicken. <laughs> I mean you can't eat it so much, right? Yeah, I mean you can't work too much. You can't not work too much. Right, you got to find time for family and for you know all that stuff. Balance so, it. Yeah. And so, how do you, as a guy who runs a brewery, you still brew as well, right? Yeah. How do you find time for family? I mean, married man, kids. Yeah. Well, thankfully, my kids are a little bit older, and now that they're teenagers, one in college, uh, a senior in high school, um, they uh, they want to do their own. Thing. Yeah, they're they're not really all that concerned whether they see me or not. Um, so, uh, so that that helps a little bit. And my wife's very understanding. Um, so it's uh, it, and it, 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 I'll be totally honest. Uh, I do a terrible job. I spend too much time here and not enough time with my family. And so, like, but they understand what you're trying to do. Oh, they do. They know. You know, and the house is collateral too, so that's always a big motivator. Hey, the bills are paid, right? <laughs> that's right. Bills are paid. Look, you have somewhere warm yeah. to do your homework. Yeah, that's right. Lights are on. Tuition's paid. Right. Hey, Gas that's in the important. car. Yeah. Gas in the car. I mean, because it, you know, hey, man works, man eats. Yeah. Man doesn't work, doesn't eat. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, they're, they're, that, that does matter. Yeah. So I get it. It's a balance. So let's get into this beer, the Wilder. 
It seems like it's only going to be a temporary beer. Tell us about it. Yeah, well, it is going to be a temporary <coughs> beer because uh, it's it's one of our our one offs. Uh, the Adventure Series, right? Yeah, you know, there's 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 a couple of reasons we do that. We talked about the artistic side of brewing. We just can't brew the same five or six beers all the time. We as brewers want to be able to right. venture out and try some new stuff. And we want you to come here and enjoy yourself. And if we only have the same four beers, you're not coming after a while. Right. So it gives us an outlet. Gives us. You know, we can develop new recipes. You know, maybe that Belgian strong ale will show up some other time. Mm. Um, maybe it won't have uh, blackberry. Maybe it'll have somebody else. Or you know, maybe we'll throw some lacto in it. Or who knows? But it gives us a kind of a, a place to experiment and try things out. So with your with your marketing here, I see each beer has like the end of making, then it has what it is, but it has like the word, and then it has like what you think it should be. So explain how that works. Well, let's just take uh, Cadence, our Belgian double. Uh, it's it's in the making. Um, it's for those moments that are are in the making. You know, we have right behind us, we have those dots on the wall, mm-hmm. and they're all white except for three. The three red dots are 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 moments in the making, mm. and so you know it's. Bite in anticipation of, of some moments. Create some memories while you're enjoying mm-hmm. a, uh, a cadence. And so like, I see, like, made for the rhythm every day. So I'm assuming, like, you mean this to be, like, a, a daily drinker, like a kind of sure. like a table yeah. beer type thing, right? Yeah. It's a, on the big side of it, uh, as far as table beers go. Yeah, but, but yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good everyday beer. It's not, uh, it's not so hoppy. The enamel's coming off your teeth, or it's not so watery that there's no flavor to it. It's a, it's a great beer to, to drink whenever you want. But then but the inverse of that would, say, be... The Jude, where it's made for moments of unexpected providence. Right. And that seems like a celebration, a good time. Yep. But do it in moderation. Sure. And, you know, maybe sometimes when you don't have all the answers, too. Oh, mm, interesting. So have there been moments where you haven't had all the answers yeah. here? <laughs> Every single day. <laughs> <laughs> What's been the toughest question you've had to answer so far, like, as a brewer, as a business owner? Wow. Maybe maybe this question. Um Toughest question I've had to answer is, uh, is why, why, why'd you do it? Why? Yeah, there. I'll be honest. There, you know, there wasn't. We didn't sit down and come up with a business plan that that ended with why. Um, you know, what was our motivation? You know, so it's it's hard to articulate that without. If you've been to Brew Night, then you know our motivation. Mm-hmm. If you've not been to Brew Night, then it's a little bit more difficult for me to tell you. We started this because. I understand that, but. The answer to why, the answer to what, who, what, when, where, why. We'll always find those answers. Here on Beard Is, my name is Nubias Wilborn. The show's name is Beard Is. We're here at Reformation Brewery with my man Nick Downs. Shout out to Spencer Nix for just providing the scene and everything that's going on. Shout out to the whole crew here at Reformation up in Woodstock. How'd you decide on this area, this space? Well, we all live in the general vicinity, and Spencer actually grew up like three or four blocks away. Um, you know, Woodstock was, was a great place uh, from a business side. Demographically, it's a, a great place for, for craft beer. Uh, geographically, it was a great place because we all lived nearby. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll, I'll be frank, uh, Woodstock was, had open arms. They were, right. they were very accepting of the idea, and they worked with us to solve some of the zoning problems and, you know, some of those issues. That, that that's, a tough, that's the toughest part for craft brewers is being able to find a place, be able to get those things in because yeah. it takes a while. So, you know... There's been a lot of belly aching about government over the last few months, right? As right. we've gone through that, uh, what was it, an election? Oh yeah. man, let's not even go there. <laughs> right, that, that would, I would need like two more um, declarations to get through the fact that we elected a reality show host as yeah. our commander in chief, who just also crapped on the Army Navy game. But whatever. Yeah. So, uh, so, but here in Woodstock, the government seemed to work. They were uh, willing to solve some problems with us, and like they're supposed to. And so they're good folks, and. That was another big reason. Because well, we're partners with them for a long time. Well, and here's the thing, right? 
I think as we go on, we see that breweries make money and they employ people. Like as, as we're sitting right here, like there's people here who are working or at least pretending to work. Right? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. But um, you know, they, they're on their laptops and they're so it's not just people brewing beer, but it's people doing marketing, people doing sales. I yeah. mean, there are people who maybe wouldn't be employed who are employed now. Yeah. Because it is brewery. Sure. Yeah, we're I think we're up to 17 full-time employees now. And then a bunch of part-timers that uh, work in the keeping room, mainly pouring. Um, so, yeah, and, and we did a little study with some of the area restaurants, and they saw a big bump in uh, their average revenue on the days we were open for tours. So folks come down here, have a couple of beers, and then back up into town and go to dinner and probably have a couple more. Right. And, uh, so it's, uh, it's... Everybody wins. Everybody, everybody yeah. And then, like, if there's a few, like, we have a food truck that's out here, yep. then they win. Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously, you have a couple of drinks, you want some food, sure. so on and so forth. Yeah. So, yeah, breweries uh, are a great addition to the local economy. Yeah, I don't think people realize that. Hopefully, in the next session, the next yeah. Georgia General session, they realize this and actually will allow you guys to do direct sales. How much would direct sales help you guys? Oh, it would help us a lot. You know, but how are the direct sales going to look? You know, there's so many variables. Is it going to be like Mississippi where there, there's a cap? Or is it going to be like like Oregon where it's right. distribute all your own? Um, it would help tremendously. I think it would. Uh, our bottom line would, uh, would improve. We would expand a little bit faster. We'd hire more people, buy more tanks. You know, it would be... Uh, it would be a cascading effect, not just for us, but as, as those dollars are spent and they work their way through the community. So, like, would you guys, say, be open maybe six, seven days a week? And they were, like, let's see your, your, um, your cooler over there. Would you guys, like, just do it like that and have, like, where the tasting rooms, like, kind of just open? Yeah, I mean, if, if the amount of business justified having employees here on this side of the wall, the, on the keeping room side, not on the production right. side, mm-hmm. then sure, we would we'd be glad to do that. So, yeah. I mean, we'd be open to it. That's for, that's for sure. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, who isn't open to making more yeah. revenue yeah. in order to do more things and brew more beers? So, speaking of brewing more beers, what's coming for, I guess, the late winter for you guys? Um, what's coming for the late winter for us? We have a couple of uh, beers that are, are test beds right now. We're, okay. We just brewed a Saison yesterday. Ooh, um, that sounds fancy. That, I do uh, Saison. That will... Would show its uh, face here probably in the early spring. Okay. We're also working on a, a Belgian quad that will be brewed next week. And uh, that's that's a style that this doesn't happen as much. I mean, I yeah. know um, a man urine down over at Three Taverns. They do some quads. Yeah. Um, they're feasting well. It's a really good beer. But other than that, not a lot of breweries in the state are yeah, no. on the Belgian quads. Right. But it fits us. We like Belgian beers and uh, we like quads too. So we do brew some beers that we like. Um, we have, uh, yeah, Christmas Adam. Um, we're not open Christmas Eve, so we've, we've named it Christmas Adam because Adam came before Eve. Nice. and uh, <coughs> Funny. That, I like that. That's the next big thing that's happening here. There's not a, a beer dedicated to it. Um, and I think we have a black IPA that will be showing its face here in the, the keeping room for the yeah, so, so So what are the hours on the Christmas Adam? So that's Christmas Eve on Saturday, so it would be that Friday? Yeah, it would be Friday. Friday. You guys going to have it's it? 539. 539. going to have but um, we have yes, uh, cousin's main lobster here. Oh, okay, and that is as good of a food truck as you'll find in yeah. the city of Atlanta. I think it's been voted number one food truck for uh, a while now. Yeah, they're good, man. And they're, I mean, for a lobster sandwich, yeah, it's reasonable, and they get the right bread. So shout out to them, yeah, because the bread makes that sandwich. I mean, obviously, getting the good lobster matters, but that bread is right. They get the right amount of butter. Yeah, that thing is going. It is good, and you can also probably pair it with the jude. I would think, yeah. right? I think it would pair well with jude. See, there you go, and. Guys, listen, you, you come here, you got people who know food, people who know beer, and they can kind of direct you in the right, go put you in the right direction yeah. for what you want to do. 
And so, what's next for this brewery in the next couple of years as far as growth? Um, well, you know, we have a fairly aggressive growth plan that uh, we'll try to roll out. Um, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, we're going to grow. Um, we're going to move into uh, uh, Chattanooga. We should go into Chattanooga, nice. I think, early next year. So, like, being, being all, so like, you'll now be in two states. Right, we'll be in two states. And uh, our distributor in Savannah also distributes in Charleston. So at some point, I think it's a pretty easy transition just mm-hmm. to add uh, Charleston on there. And South Carolina is um, such a fun beer market, It too. is. I mean, because yeah. you got Thomas Creek up there. you got some good breweries. Yeah. So people are into craft beer. And I'm sure they'll drink a lot of Georgia beer as well. And it's good for us because it's a reason to go to Charleston. Oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> get those beaches. Get that yeah. nice weather when it's nice yeah. and get some good food, man. So where do you want to see Reformation in five years? Five years? I, I want Reformation to be sustainable, um, not just for me, but for everyone that works here. So you can buy a house and not have to worry about it and raise a family. And, and that's what I ultimately we want. We don't, you know, we're not going to try to take over the world, but we want to be sustainable and profitable and a place that uh, is a great place to work and a great place to hang out that, that affects change in the community through, through giving and, and participating and stuff. And that's what I want. So when you mentioned giving, like what are some things you guys are doing on the charitable, charitable side? Well, we do a number of things. Uh, this last year, uh, the Etowah River um, was our, our main focus. There's a, a group that looks to protect the, the watershed. Nice. Since that's that's important our, to you guys, yeah, too, yeah. All our water comes from, from there. So uh, so we participate in some events with them. We Not just providing beer, but we do have some events here at the brewery. We brew a black IPA called uh, Darter, which uh, in the Etowah River, there's an endangered fish called the Etowah Darter. Mm, uh, nice. So, uh, so we help them out. We... Uh, we're going to help a, a family or two out over Christmas with a, what we call as a Wenceslas project. Okay. Um, and so, and then there's other places that when opportunity arises, we uh, we try to, to meet the need and, and to help uh, wherever we can. You know, a few tour passes, a, a case of beer um, for an auction or, you know, something like that. That stuff help. always helps, guys. Yeah. And by the way, you're listening to Beer It Is on the Seasman Network. My name is Tobias Woolborn here at Reformation. We're going to take a quick pause for the cause, a.k.a. pour me another beer so I can try one. But we're going to get back into talking about the brewing system, the brew house, my man's wheelhouse, where he does the magic. So quick pause, and we'll be right back. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It's your boy, Nebias Wilborn, back again at Reformation Brew with my man, Nick Downs, as I am slowly downing a coffee blonde, which it's interesting to the eyes because if you listen to the show enough, you know generally coffee is going to be in porters, stouts, maybe a strong ale here and there. 
So those dark roasted malts. But this is a blonde. It's light. Yet that coffee is there. Tell me about this beer, Nick. Well, it's, it's our standard blonde recipe. And then we took a, a light roast cold brewed coffee and we blended it to the point we, we got enough coffee both in the nose and, and, and taste. And it works. It's a... It's confusing, though, to look at and smell. It is. And I mean, but I feel alive when I drink it. And I'm not just saying, like, like well, so what's ABV on this, man? Well, the ABV is probably in the four and a half. Right. It's sessionable. Yeah, so. Like, I feel like I can down a couple, but I don't want to drink it fast because, like, I just like the way it smells, like the presentation. You really got down on this beer, man. Yeah. Well, thanks. And so, speaking of how you get down on beers, man, let's get into the, let's get into the nuts and bolts. Yeah. Water treatment. How you treat your water. Then we'll kind of go from there to what you're brewing on and the system. So, we mentioned we have water from the, the Edward River watershed, which is uh, pretty close to Pilsen as far as water profiles go. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you were to, to you'd liken it to, like, vanilla ice cream. It's uh, pretty plain, mm-hmm. right? It's uh, mainly surface water around this area, um, so you don't pick up a lot of those minerals if, if it was uh, a groundwater. Um, so we take it, we filter it, um, we uh, run it through charcoal, we get rid of the chloramines and the chlorine. And then do you do, like, a carbon filter? We do, yep. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we each beer has its own salt profile. Nice. So if it's a beer from Belgium, the water profile leans towards Belgium or you know the UK or whatever the case may be. Mm. One of our uh, one of the guys that helped start the, the brewery, uh, uh, Clay, is a chemical engineer. So he has uh, done all the water chemistry for us, and it makes a difference. It does, man, because it, cause it starts with the way the beer looks and have any floaties, just the little yeah. things. Water treatment matters, and that's one of the ways I kind of judge a brewery. Because again, like if I'm going to go buy your declaration. And it's like I saw that spray, spray berry bottle store for like 10 bucks, which yeah. I mean, isn't a bad price. But again, like I'm going to invest as a newbie craft trigger. Yeah. I'm going to invest 20, 10 bucks into just 22 ounces of beer. When I'm accustomed to being able to take 10 bucks and buying, say, a case of Bud Light. <laughs> you got to give me some reasons why to do that. And one of those reasons is how the water is treated. Right. And then from there. Yep. And so from there, so much of brew house. What are you guys brewing on? And then so we have a bit of an unusual brew house, at least in the southeast uh, uh, it, it's a mash filter, um, so it's pretty. It's a four-vessel system with a hot liquor tank, a mash tun, boil kettle, and whirlpool. But between the mash tun and the boil kettle is a, a mash filter. So we pump the mash through the filter, and that removes the grain from the wort. Um, mm. It leads to much greater efficiency because you can mill quite a bit uh, finer and expose more of that endosperm to those enzymes and get more sugar out. So we're right in the mid-90s as far as efficiency goes, 94, oh, nice. 96, depends on the beer. Um, and so, and it's also much quicker. You know, lottering can take a long time. Um, before we had this, when we did our rye IPA, you know, the rye is really sticky, and it uh, oh yeah, it, man, it, it gets take in forever. There. But but this and goes, graining it out yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. man, that, that's so, a grind. So there's no more stuck uh, stuck mashes or anything. It goes right into the filter, and uh, we start a new batch every two hours. So it's not only more efficient; it's more efficient with labor because um, we can do brew four times and, and a typical day at a brewery right it's not eight hours it's probably 12 hours right but mm-hmm. we can crank out four batches in a day um so yeah it's it's idd uh, makes it there out in moore park california and it's called the hebs the high efficiency brewing system mm. there's some videos on youtube if you're interested yeah we'll, uh, i would definitely make sure to record audience to those um what, so 12 hour what's a day, brew day like here man how are you guys brewing now uh brew day starts usually about six or six thirty um we uh we'll 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 mill in the, the night before, so and the water will be hot, and you get in here, turn the lights on, check everything, and then you mash right in. And then, uh, you know, by 9 o'clock, the second turn's going in. And it, it's a pretty hectic day if you're on the brew house because you'll have three batches going at, at one time, which, uh, you know, 
there's not there's not a lot of breaks. You're up there, and so we it's a grind. Have, right, we have one guy come in in the morning, and then another guy kind of take over in the afternoon. And how um, many brewers do you have? We have three brewers. Um, we have uh, two cellarmen, and those guys are taking uh, the beer and transferring it. We mm-hmm. uh, we have a centrifuge, um, so that uh, is one added step for them. Um, so usually, while we're brewing, we're also uh, transferring beer, and we're we're packaging in cans or in our 22s or in, in draft. Nice. So much canning line, man. It's Wild Goose 250. Um, I think we probably had it maybe coming up on a year now. Nice. Um, so were you mobile canning before? We were mobile canning with, uh, yeah, Toucan. Uh, toucan some folks, yeah. I think, I, I, don't, I don't know if they're out of Atlanta or Tennessee, but <coughs> good guys, man, would come up and can for us. Um, but, uh, yeah, we were able to justify making the investment in our own canner. It was about 40 cans a minute. Typically we'll do between 400 and 800 cases a day. Nice. And how many how many ounces of beer you guys put out of here? How many barrels you guys put out? Um, this year I think we'll finish right around the 4,500 um, area. We're, you know, our, our monthly production rate is a little bit higher than that, but we hope to, to see a little over six next year. Nice, nice. Um, is there a certain cap you want to get to eventually on production? Yeah, you know, if you look at a spreadsheet, there's certainly a point where you want to get to. But, uh, you know, uh, it's not quite that defined. I, I think the 15,000 barrel mark makes it a uh, sustainable business, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the learning curve is, is steep, and we try to, to take small bites as we uh, work our way. Um, so, yeah, we don't want to tackle it. One thing at a time. We have a grain silo coming in. That's our next uh, big event, and... And then it'll free us up for some added capacity, which will require some structural changes in, inside. Oh, yeah, get man, that's going to change. When you get the grain silo and you get that thing going, yeah. man, that changes the whole game. It does, yeah. So what do you guys do with spent grain now? Uh, we have uh, several farmers that come, and uh, it's a good uh, – we don't charge them for it. And the deal is we call them and they come and get it. Nice. So, uh, the neighbors – spent grain in August in Atlanta is not uh, something that will endear your – Yourself to uh, your neighbors. Yeah, it's a it gets, smell. Gets funky fast. Yeah, man, it's like that dog foody yeah, kind no. of. Yeah, it yeah. it waves around. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so that's what we do. It uh, and all of our farmers are uh, have cattle. Nice. So have you partnered with a farmer to maybe do a beer, or are you thinking about maybe doing something like that coming? Uh, actually, we've talked about uh, doing some beers, um, maybe with uh, some barbecue, more of a barbecue bent. Um, so pork. Um, Interesting. And then feeding. Feeding some co- or some pigs our spent grain, and uh, and then maybe having a, a bit of an event here with with said pig and nice. uh, some beer. So you are gonna fatten them up and then yeah, <laughs> that is old school, man. That, that is definitely southern, man. Yeah, it'll be fun. So man, so where are you from, man? What's your background? I grew up in Connecticut, the great state of Connecticut, and uh, college in uh, New Hampshire, pretty much a New Englander until uh, professionally I started flying. Moved out to California. I've lived in North Carolina, South Carolina, Mississippi. Seven right. states over the course of my life so yeah, far. So yeah, but you become a Southern boy. Yeah, I've been in, in uh, Georgia now, I think, 23 years. Oh, wow, man. So As young as I am, you know, I got here early. I see, man. <laughs> I see. And, and drinking a beer makes you look good, so you yeah, make it work. That's right. Um, it's the only thing that makes me look good. <laughs> hey, man, it all happens, right? It makes it work. And tell you what else will make you look good. Listening to Beer It Is on the C-SPAN Network. Each and every week, my name is Tobias Wilborn. Here, Reformation with Man Nick Downs, and just enjoying some of the beers we converse here. So now we're sipping on this Atlas IPA. Yeah, this is one of your staples. The rye. You mentioned the rye earlier. Why rye? I mean, there's so many ways you can go with IPA. Yeah, well, rye creates a little bit of spicy notes in mm-hmm. there, and uh, and it, we thought it complemented the the hops well. It's uh, mainly uh, Columbus and Cascade. Yeah. And uh, it was just a good combination. It's it's still malty, yet 
there's a bitterness and a nice hop. Yeah, it's aroma. a real smooth. It doesn't drink like a six point. Like I said, I mean, it's it feels sessionable. Yeah, I can down a couple of these. I won't, but I could. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the fact that you can really take your time on it, or you can go through it a little bit quicker. Sure. But, um. So from there, man, how do you feel when you go on Untapped, man? When I'm going Untapped? No, on, on Untapped. The science oh. or rate beer. It's, Is that hard? It's nerve wracking. Yeah, because you know it's it's stuff you pour your heart and soul in, and then you know some guy says, "Oh, I hate IPAs." One star. You know, it just. Yeah, I don't like to go on, and frankly, I don't go on very often. So uh, you have somebody who kind of manages that, or just takes care of that stuff. Yeah, man. She, and so what's the? Well, and she doesn't tell me when people hate me, so I love but, it. But like, is there a weird review you've gotten on there? Did you like? Oh, yeah, man. we got one review. I, it was I don't know if it was on Untapped, but he gave a us rape a rapier. One of those. Yeah, here. one of those. He gave us a two because we were too far from his house to take Uber. <laughs> okay, so that's, so he didn't. So it wasn't the beer. It wasn't the beer. It was we were geographically not in the right spot. Wow. Yeah. And that's just one of those things. Or what I love about rapier, like people like go on to describe a beer, and it's like, okay, listen. Nine out of ten, most people can't tell what hops are in the beer. Yeah. Unless you are a hop farmer. Sure. You really don't know. I mean, you're taking the word of the brewer. And certain certain hops are a little bit more floral or have certain certain type of taste. But other than that, like, a lot of people just don't know. But it like, go on these rants about beer, and it's just yeah. amazing. So, like, do you find that people – well, let's call it – let's be real. The nerds. Do you find that they're respectful to the brewers at times? Yeah, or pretty much. Not, yeah, yeah. Um, we're pretty active with our local homebrew club. They come in and, and we'll spend the day sometimes and we'll do a <laughs> brew together maybe. Um, oh, nice. That's good. Yeah, and uh, we did a, a tasting where they all brewed something and we came in and then the winner got to brew it here and it was one of our adventure series that was on tap in the keeping room. So, yeah, and they're all great guys and some of them are, are, are darn good brewers. Yeah, by and large, um, those guys are all real respectful and just have real honest questions. And that, that matters because, like, I've been places where you'll have a guy – Drink like the Hunapu beer. And you're like, oh, that's a drink pour. And I'm like, dude, it's one of the best beers you can get. Or like the Bourbon County series, people are like, we'll find every little flaw. Yeah. It's like, okay, fine. Yes, this may be a little bit thin, but it's still a really good beer. Yeah. Like if you put that beer and you package it but for 90% of breweries, you would think it was amazing. So, like, what do you think causes it? Do you think people just don't understand what goes in a beer? Or- you know, in today's. Uh- <clears throat> It's it's uh, there used to be you know beer muscles right have a few beers and you can pretty much whip anyone in the bar yeah um, bless your heart it's uh, I think there's some keyboard muscles that go on you sit behind that keyboard with some level of anonymity and you can go ahead and and take out your day on somebody else and so but you I, so how do you just do that you just like I said let Jessica handle I let it, just so. handle it. I try not to read it because <laughs> I'm thin skinned and I have uh, I, I'm not thin <laughs> <laughs> I stress all the time and it's like yeah it's. Uh, and the longer you do it, the easier it gets, too. Yeah, I would imagine, because, I mean, I, you know, when I write, people make comments, and some of it, you just have to be like, okay, yeah. brother, I hear you. And, and honestly, some of the comments are, are helpful, because if there's a consistent comment, maybe it's an issue we need to address and, and try to improve something. So, so what has been uh, something that maybe was, like, accurate? Like, okay, we might not be, we might be messing up here. Hmm. Think anything, Jess? No, honestly, we get a lot of really great, consistent reviews. So, um, if there's an issue, uh, you know, we usually catch it before it 
That's that's real. Yeah, we have a tasting panel, and we taste every beer in the bright tank before it's packaged. So we have a pretty good idea if it's going out well. Mm-hmm. And there, there's times that maybe the the keg was uh, left on the dock for a few days in right. in, in summer. Um, or like if it's a place where say. Maybe the line wasn't. Yeah, clean. line wasn't yeah. clean, and, or maybe our keg wasn't wasn't as clean, or it got shifted from the too clean to the already clean pile. You know, some of that stuff happens. Um, but we're we do really try very hard to make sure nothing leaves the door that isn't something that we wouldn't want to be sitting there while you're drinking. So let's get to a positive angle here, because I mean, we we, we, get, we we dealt with the muck. I mean, that happens, and I know some brewers who they read every review, some don't. Yeah. I think it's probably best not to, because I mean, people say really crazy things. Um, what was it like the first time you saw your beer on tap? And where was it? Do you remember? It was at Freight up here, a rest, great restaurant in Woodstock. Um, it was weird, and it's still weird. You know, I go through the grocery store sometimes, and I'll see our beer in the cooler at Publix or Kroger or something, and it's like, wow, really? That's, That's me. Yeah. It's, like, you ever, like, see somebody, like, buying it? Yeah. And, yeah. like, you ever want to say something to them? Or? Yeah, uh, sometimes. And, but, you know, in general, I, I don't. I'm a, somewhat of an introvert. But it's a... Uh, it's a bit surreal. It's, it's still a little intimidating sometimes. And, to, you know, to go out to dinner and have somebody sit next to you drinking your beer is, uh, it's just something that doesn't happen all the time. Right. You know, I mean, so, so, like, like, so like, let's say like you're, you're at a bar, right? Um, whether it be, say, like the Mission Afraid or the Nest in Kennesaw yep. or, you know, the Porter or whatever. The really good beer bars. And you're in there and somebody's ordering your beer. Like, how does that feel? Uh, it does feel good, especially if they're enjoying it. Um, you know, one funny story, I was at a, a restaurant, and there was uh, somebody w- wanted to know about Atlas, what kind of beer it was, and the server explained it, and she was not even close to uh, oh, what it no. was. And so I was, I was stuck with the, the problem of, do I say something or do I not say something? So I, I said something, and I explained what it was, and she says, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, I brewed it. And, uh, so <laughs> That's I, funny. That <laughs> is funny. I gave out tour cards to everyone, and so they could come to the brewery, and, and so I tried to make it a, a positive event, but... It was so. Uh, was, it probably was the server even into craft beer. Like, yeah, she was not well educated in craft beer. Gotcha. You know, okay. It was, and it was, I'll be honest. I'll, in her defense, it was a place that only has one or two craft beer, and it's uh, fair you know, BMC kind of kind of draft line. Yeah, fair enough. So I mean, she. It's not necessarily her fault for not knowing. No, no, no. Yeah. No, I'm sure there's no server training, and it's not. Uh, you know, they're not craft beer focused. That, that'd be interesting, though. So you're in there, and she's like totally like misrepresenting yeah. your beer. That's not at all. And you're like, wait a minute, no, I can't <laughs> let this ride. Yeah. And so, what, then what was that experience like? Were they receptive? To yeah, it? It, went, it went good. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I was I tried to be positive and explain it. And when I said, oh yeah, I was, I was the guy that made it. It uh, it really broke the ice. And then when I passed out free beer cards to everyone, oh, yeah. it was uh, like that always helps too. <laughs> but no, but I, but I love that. Oh, well, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. No, I'm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure yeah. I, I made it. Yeah. Oh, really? And then it still kind of changes. But even then, like, so, like, have you been, like, to, like, filling shakes or some of those other places and, like, maybe sitting there and you see somebody order it or the bartender explain it properly? Oh, yeah. There's, uh, especially in places like you just mentioned where they know what's going on right. and they pride themselves on doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and those are nice. You just sit back and, and if somebody says, oh, yeah, I love that one. And, you know, I just kind of smile to myself and, and try to enjoy that moment. I've heard it compared to, like, a musician the first time they hear their song on the radio. Yeah, I can like, imagine. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like the kind of same feeling where yeah. it's like, man, this... Yeah. I'm going to call my mom and tell her. Right. <laughs> I, I made it out here. Yeah. It's fun getting texts from buddies and family that, you know, your beer's at, at the grocery store. Hey, did you know your beer's on sale here? And those were, those were all fun moments. Nice. And so, like, who do you guys distribute with now? 
Uh, we're we're in the AB network. So okay, nice. Atlanta Beverage and Eagle Rock. And so Bay you guys Palmer. are basically mostly North Georgia, right? Uh, we're in the entire state once uh, Savannah starts, if it hasn't started already. Nice, nice, nice. So that's going to be pretty cool. Like, there'll be people on the Riverwalk. Yeah. Drinking your beer. Man. Yeah. Yeah. So um, because I travel so much, we do a thing. Uh, we do a little hashtag Reformation on the road. And I was just in uh, South Africa, and <clears throat> Jude made his first appearance in South Africa. Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's, nice. it's fun taking it on the road and bringing it to other places. It's, as a guy who, because you still fly. I mean, yeah. you're, still commercial, you're still a commercial pilot. Yeah. Like, you actually, yeah. this is still like your, I guess, full-time job? Full, or? Yeah, it's full-time as an airline job is. Right. Um, so what's it like when you go places and then you take your beer, like you said, South Africa or... Like you said, you mentioned like finding yours about the place. So what's yeah. that like? What's oh, it's, the experience like? It's fun. You know, usually uh, pretty much the normal days we fly. The plane I fly flies pretty far legs, you know, 15 hours or so. Ooh, we get there and then, then we, we debrief at the hotel with mm-hmm. a couple of beers. And sometimes I'll bring mine. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's fun. And it, I'll go to the local craft breweries in the area, too, and bring a six-pack or a couple of uh, commons and, you know, say hi to those guys. And I've actually developed some pretty good relationships uh, and some faraway places with guys that uh, that brew beer. So it'll be some collabs. Oh yeah! Matter of fact, uh, the guys in uh, the Rocks Brewing Company in Sydney brewed Declaration. Um, I brought a bottle down and they loved it, so they said, "You know, we're going to brew this." I shared the recipe with them. Oh, nice! Yeah, and they—that's uh, rare. They want a gold medal in the Australian Craft Beer Fest. Wow, that had to be. Like, yeah. Feel so whenever good. I go, free beer for me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's Declaration, right? <laughs> so would it be like a, would it be a barrel aging of the Declaration? Because I would love that. I, I see some barrels right over there that are full of Declaration right now. Oh, are they now? Yeah. So tell us about that if you can, please. Yeah, so uh, I, they're in Four Roses <laughs> barrels this time around. Um, and there's probably eight or ten of them that have uh, Declaration in it. Mm. And some of it we will just go ahead and, and bottle or uh, keg right out of the barrel, essentially. Um, and Four some, Roses is a very slept-on bourbon brand. Yeah. Well, it's, it's starting to come back now. They had a bad rep for a minute. They were owned by a, a Japanese company that just didn't yeah. represent them properly. But they're starting to come back now. Four Roses is just really yeah. smooth. And barrels are kind of hard to get. There's some barrel brokers out there, and it's a bit of a roll of the dice what you're going to get for barrels when they, mm. they show up. Um, we have Providence in barrels, too. Or Sorry, we have Juden barrels. Um, and so we've done a, really? uh, yeah, oh, we've the... done a barrel-aged version of our Belgian triple. In, uh, it was surprisingly outstanding. Interesting. Because, like, a triple... Because it's got, does it take on a different color when you? It, uh, a slightly different color. It wasn't huge. Okay. Um, but you know, some of those vanilla, smoky, bourbony notes, uh, along with the sweetness, the residual sweetness in that, it, it, it worked very well. So when do people look out for this bourbon barrel age declaration? Because it's already a good base, if you can say. I mean, yeah. you may I would imagine uh, it'll come out of barrels in, in within six months or so, and then, you know, the packaging. We usually bottle condition it. So that takes a, another month. So it'll be springtime, maybe. Nice. So guys, I will. Yeah, I will let you guys know when that beer comes around. Ooh. Um, that's ooh. Uh, that's the last. Ooh, and I think I have a last year's in my hand that I may find a way to share with a lucky listener. <laughs> on beer it is hashtag beer it is on the Cincinnati Network. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram. Everywhere. Nick, I can sit and talk to you for another two hours, but I know you got to get back to brewing. I really appreciate it. So tell us, again, where people can find you on social media, and just give us a quick little tagline for the brewery, which guys got going. Yeah, so uh, we have a Facebook page, regular uh, website, reformation.com. We have, uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter, and I've already fumbled over that, but it's at Reformation Brew, I think. 
Um, so yeah, so we're all around. We uh, we have Jude and cans that, that just shipped um, last week. So actually tonight at the brewery is uh, is is the big night, the, the big reveal for Jude and cans. Um, and it's a beautiful can, guys. I'm, I'm telling you, like it, it it'll when you see it on shelves, it will catch your eye. Yeah. Gold, white, it, it is what this brewery represents, man. Yeah, nice, nice clean little job. Big they, red background, the R. Yeah, Spencer and Brad, the Nix brothers, uh, did a great job. They do a great job with our branding and marketing, and I just brew the beer. Hey, man, sometimes we all have our place, and you can find your place each and every week here on Beer It Is. My name is Tobias Wilborn here at Reformation Brewery with my man, Nick Downs. Unfortunately, Spencer and Nix couldn't make it for the podcast, but I'll catch up with him, yeah. man. Because like I said, I called these guys the preacher and the pilot. We met with the pilot. We'll come back and meet with the preacher. Yeah, sure. Because he's an interesting guy, and I want to get into some Martin Martin Luther stuff that I didn't quite get into with Nick. We'll be back. Girls, um, already talked to my man Nick Downs. Now I'm here with Spencer Nix. I call these guys the passion and the preacher. So I, no, excuse me, the passion and the pilot. pilot yeah. I talk to the pilot. Yeah. Now I'm talking to the pastor, <laughs> my man. Spencer Nix. Spencer, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. How are you doing? Man, I'm fantastic, man. Um, probably a little better than I should be. Right. You know, I think Ben Franklin said it best. Beer makes you feel how you should always feel. Exactly. And I've had the declaration, so let's go into the declaration a little bit. Talk about that. All right. Declaration, our Imperial Stout. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's it's really a limited release beer. We only brew it about twice a year. It's in a 22-ounce bottle format only, and uh, it's available in most specialty package stores currently. Nice. And so... The, the backyard, and yep. talk to me a little about that. Just going from there to going on this big boy. Yeah, yeah, here. it's been quite quite the journey uh, from me and Nick sitting on his front porch almost 15 years ago to sitting here today celebrating the launch of Jude in Cans. It's been a uh, a wild and crazy ride to say the least. But uh, it basically evolved from um, you know two friends talking about beer and uh, their relationship growing around those moments to today where we are celebrating this moment around a community and a culture that's embraced, you know, it's moments bigger than the beer itself. And so for you, like, we talked about you being a pastor, you actually yep. being into the ministry. Yeah. Martin Luther. Yeah. How much does he, his influence impact what yeah. you guys do here? Well, Luther is a, is a hero of mine. You know, I think we all have, you know, dead philosophers and theologians that perhaps we look up to. He's one of mine. I actually wear a replica of Luther's ring. And uh, it just inspires me to, uh, to not only to, to a deeper faith, but also to carry that faith out into the culture and the context we live in. And so, I grew up in a Baptist church, so yeah, did you. So yeah, we had that, yeah. that bond, and, yeah. you know, very repressive. And so by, it can, can be in some ways, absolutely. So how did you take that and be like, you know, I can make beer and still serve the Lord? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean... When I started, you know, studying theology and so forth, you know, I saw that really everything that God has created is a, is, is for our good. And, um, you know, I think beer is, is a gift. And uh, if we enjoy it under the parameters of, you know, moderation and, and celebrating it for what it ultimately is, a good gift from, from the Lord above, I think I think there's, I think he appreciates that. I think there's glory to God in that. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. But, like, how do you get people <laughs> yeah. who... Yeah. Came up that way to kind of believe. Yeah, you, that. you would be you would be shocked. I mean, I get that question a lot. Um, there's been there's been very little pushback. It's some in some ways, people want to have that conversation, and once we have the conversation, there's understanding. And even if you know they don't, you know, you know, come to my side or believe what I believe, there's 
there's a there's a, a, a bond and a union that forms just around the conversation. So it's been it's been good to have those. I think there's a lot of uh, mis our misconceptions and preconceived notions around those those ideas and topics, but. Nothing uh, you can't settle over a, over a beer or, or over a cup of coffee. <laughs> nice, and I think that's what beer is like. Yep. It used to be like beer, chocolate, coffee. Yeah, as like the social lubricant exactly. of society. Exactly, and 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 that's what we find you know happening in the keeping room every time we're open. People in our community coming around, and uh, we're having conversations that ultimately matter beyond you know who won who won the Hawks games last night and right. you know how it's cold this weekend. And the conversation goes a little bit further. And so, like, how do you how do you take that into beer like the juice yeah. for instance yeah there's a story behind that beer right? yeah 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 but what we're trying to do is just beat curiosity obviously we can't tell not everybody's going to want to know that story or, or care about it but it, right. for those who do you know we want to we want to give there's some meat behind behind the brand itself so we've we've painstakingly gone through the process of, of writing those stories and and hopefully people will add their story to to the moments that jude is supposed to celebrate which is unexpected providence and so like with each label why on your market it has like moderation yeah. daily so like how yeah. do you guys come up with that yeah well when we founded the brewery we founded ourselves on six values and one of those values is moderation and it's not just moderation of alcohol it's moderation of, of life in general I think we all live on the extremes of, of society you know whether it be politics or religion and I think we need a little more balance nice yeah. and then for you like how does that balance translate to brewing yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, if you followed us, you, you probably know our beers aren't, you know, always the most extreme. Uh, we, we really respect the tradition of brewing. Uh, we want to respect it ourselves. So we, we try to pay attention to, to the whole process and the, and, the, and, the, and the science behind brewing and re- want to make really great beer no matter what we're, what we're making. And then from that, what's coming up next? I'm hearing there's some really fun stuff that happens to maybe surround Martin Luther's anniversary yeah 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 we're coming up on the 500th anniversary of the uh, Protestant Reformation it'll be October 31st of 2017 so we're already starting to dream about what that anniversary is going to be going to be going to be about and it's your anniversary too it's our anniversary too it's the exact same day it'll be our fourth year anniversary so anticipate probably something big and and probably something Belgian but something (laughs) you have to drink in moderation yes absolutely absolutely and so what would you say people need to know about this brewery and it's who you guys are and what you represent. Yeah, yeah. We just want to we want to draw attention to the moments around why we drink beer. It's not just the beer in your hand. We we have to make great beer. We want to make great beer. I think to last, we're all going to have to make great beer. But what what do we add beyond that? Well, it's drawing attention to those moments around why we drink. Max, and then last yeah. thing, um, when I saw you at that Strong Beer Festival. Yeah. What are your key memories of that festival and just how do you kind of play that into your own spot? What, what's that? I'm Strong sorry. Beer. And how do you yeah. kind of play that going to your own yeah, spot yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, what yeah. What you yeah. saw there? Yeah, the Strong Beer Festival, in my opinion, is probably the best beer festival in, in Georgia. It's just some great, great beers, quality beers all the way around. And just trying those different beers inspires us uh, further along as well. So we, we hadn't, we hadn't, you know, we've got our Wilder, which is a strong Belgian ale. Oh, I have fun with tonight. that, man. Yeah. Like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty special beer, but it, it's somewhat inspired by those those strong beers and the Strong Beer Fest. Nice. Yeah. What's, so what's next for you guys yep. getting out of the winter? Into the spring, what's coming? Yeah, yeah, we're going to be looking at uh, launching an adventure beer come this spring. Um, we're, we still are in love with, with some of the saison, some of the traditional saison. Nice. So maybe looking at a French saison. Okay, coming out in the spring. All right. Yep. Well, listen, man, this is Tobias Wilborn here with Man Spencer Nicks. We Thank talked you, to Nicks down earlier. Yeah. Reformation Woodstock. Come check these guys out. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Thank you guys so much for listening and Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, everything that you celebrate. We're here for you each and every week, and we're out.